Today's guest is Karen from Tiny Dollhouse. She's transformed her career from wedding blogger to DIY expert and is now the tiniest tiny homeowner you'll meet. Her business is niche and so is her target market. It actually might not be who you think. As always, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe and share. Corin, thank you so much for joining me. It's absolutely awesome to have you as a guest on my podcast. So thanks for joining. Thank you so much. It's my first podcast. So I'm seriously excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, you and I have done some work together before and we've actually known each other for years and years and through many career changes and advancements. So um, it's good to be in this space with you, I must say. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. I'm really looking forward to this. <laughs> Good. So, Karen, your journey and where you and I have kind of, um, you know, been involved before. I first met you when I was in the makeup world. Um, I think it was at like a wedding suppliers networking event. And in total honesty, when I saw your website and got introduced to Lovely, it was my first introduction really to a successful blog anyway. I might have seen blogs, but yours was the first like really successful one. And I think that you've just kind of grown with the shift in times and being a bit of a leader in terms of like where that space has gone. Tell me a little bit about your journey, where you started and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so Lovely is 11 years old this year. So it's it's been quite a while. And I think we probably met about eight years, eight or nine years ago. So Um, And what started off, um, so there was three sections to the blog. Basically, I was getting married and I was like starting to post some of the DIYs that I was doing for my wedding. And then um, Milani Vessels, who was my wedding photographer at the time, mentioned that she was looking at possibly doing a blog and my sister was interested. So the three of us started Lovely initially. So I did home decor. Milani did the wedding section and then my sister did the kids section. And then a year later, both of them sort of moved on and I was the only one left and took over basically the whole blog. But it's evolved from getting married to more into home decor and DIY and then a little bit of parties and things in between. And I think it evolved like as my life evolved. So I got married, then you buy your first house, then you've got kids. So that whole journey is basically like followed where I was in my personal life. That's awesome. And I think it's um, it's such a great thing to be able to share. And I think what you've done so well in everything that you've done, you can definitely see that the sort of brand that you've built out of your lifestyle and the journey and the different phases of life that um, so many women can relate to. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I've really <laughs> tried. And it's all about telling a story. And uh, when I started, I actually can't believe how everything looked when I started and how it looks now. I'm actually like proud about you how things be. look now and how it progressed. So it's actually nice seeing your own growth because I think a lot of the times, if it's not documented on something physical like a blog or, mm-hmm. or so on, then it's it's difficult to see the progress. But if you can compare what where you're at now in terms of photos, in terms of various things that you've done and how you started it's quite nice to see your own personal growth yeah definitely that's the the beauty of the digital world (laughs) so your journey has progressed from 
uh, bride to be, like you say, homeowner, mommy. And I think what's been so cute is to watch your kids grow up in the journey as well. And part of your new venture where you are now is what I'm so excited to talk to you about. I must say, I'm very, very interested in this is Tiny Dollhouse because I think it's absolutely amazing. Tell us a bit about Tiny Dollhouse. So I'm absolutely, absolutely obsessed with tiny things. So how this whole thing started is my bestie, Matt Shedlove, um, who I also met through the blog a few years ago. She moved uh, to Holland. And about three years ago, she sent me this photo of a miniature, a modern miniature dollhouse in one of the shop windows. And it was like the end. I could not believe my eyes when I saw this. So I had a little dollhouse when I was growing up. And I actually had a little chick and we played together in the dollhouse. So he would like walk through all the little places. And, you know, so it was, it was just brought back so many like nice memories. And I saw all the Scandinavian style things in the actual dollhouse, things that I would love to have in my house, but don't necessarily have. And I just thought it's such a nice outlet. I mean, you can do a kitchen makeover in a day. Yeah. And this is such a sense of achievement <laughs> doing these things. And where you might not necessarily be able to paint your whole house pink, I could do it in the dollhouse and like no one would complain about it. Everyone would think it's cute. And <laughs> what I love as well is like if I feel completely overwhelmed, my house is a demacor mess. I can just actually go into my dollhouse, like pack right a room, and I just feel like, okay, done something today. Like everything's fine. So I think it's all about the psychology behind the dollhouse as well. Um, yeah, so it's just your like big dreams like in a tiny space. Yes. It's funny how the world has shifted to tiny everything at the moment. But I think what I found so fascinating is um when I first came across your page and started looking at your content, it was first of all so exciting because when you think about dollhouse, you think of this very traditional, outdated thing that we had like way back when in our childhoods um, and you haven't really seen a 2021 version of this beautiful modern dollhouse it still has like a sense of tradition to it but what fascinated me is you'd ordinarily connect a dollhouse with a little girl and I'm sure there are little girls that absolutely love your dollhouses but when I first came across the page I didn't get that impression because I know a lot of women and especially when I worked in cosmetics and we had miniature fragrances and little mini day creams and things people used to actually collect them and have like cupboards full of these mini fragrance bottles for whatever reason I don't know that it seems that women have a fascination with all these little tiny things so do you say that your target audience is a more adult audience or is it mixed between kids and adults so it's actually an interesting Thing that you asked me, like the question, um, because initially I did start it for adults. I was obsessed with it myself. So I thought if I like it, there must be someone else that likes it. And then I found that more and more people were buying it for their kids as well. So some of the items I actually had to go redesign to make them a little bit sturdier and obviously less dangerous for kids that they wouldn't like eat the parts or do something. So I definitely think I have, I cater for both. So there's definitely a lot of adults that buy from me, but then there's also people with their little ones. But I think what makes it nice is that you can do it together with your kids. If you don't have a child, um, you can do it on your own. But if you do have one, then it's something nice that you can do with them and like build the whole thing together. So 
on some of the items, I actually say this is for adults, like the trestle tables, and then <laughs> the other ones is like the stable tables are for the kids more. That's amazing. Yeah, I think it's it's fascinating. And yeah, it, it's something great to do with your kids. But I would also imagine, I mean, even just looking at the kind of games that get advertised to me as a 30-something female is these home remodeling games where you can go and like redesign a kitchen or whatever. So that definitely has a sense of appeal to, to adult women. Um, do you find, I mean, you are into home decor and DIY. Do you use your dollhouse as a way to like plan your next DIY project? Because that's what I would do. So, in, yes, I think there is a part of me that plans it. But what I found now recently is I've got the big things and I try and make them tiny. Um, so, for instance, I did a big mud cloth wallpaper um, DIY on my wall and then I tried to minify it. Aww. So, it's quite <laughs> nice to see how it would look in other rooms because it's obviously very time consuming to do the same wallpaper in all the different walls on, in your house. But, like, to do it in a little space so so easy and like yeah just easy to do and it's also like kind of aspirational so some of the things that I see you put in your tiny dollhouse or the things that are on your page um are just so beautiful and to be able to build this like dream room or dream house it costs a lot less than being able to do it in your actual home and exactly like you said I think you get this sense of fulfillment like when you have this perfect little rug and all the little accessories as well I mean it's cupcakes on the kitchen counter and <laughs> yeah no it's it's definitely the ideal dream house that you can build and it's never messy it's always Pinterest perfect so you can get of course it, it and is like, with you pink. so I just like I literally pinkify everything in my dollhouse and, <laughs> and I'm just happy like looking at it <laughs> Maybe that's what I love about it is that it's so pink and girly and pretty because that's so me as well. <laughs> One of the my favorite items that I actually imported was a tiny little mixer, which I made. I so much. And I just thought it, I don't really cook. So for me, the tiny little item sparks like as much joy as I would have in my kitchen. Obviously, I would like one in my kitchen, but I couldn't really afford one. So I still paid a lot for the tiny one. And it just sparks <laughs> <like>, tremendous joy. <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw that. And it's funny because when I was, I don't know, about 18, um, just leaving school, and I saw one of those beautiful mixes. I don't know if it was a Kenwood or one of them, but it looks exactly like the miniature that you have. And I was always like, my dream in those days was when I have my own house, I'm going to buy one of those beautiful pink mixes and have it in my kitchen. And I think even back then it was like 14,000 Rand. So probably unrealistic for the amount of cooking and baking I do. <laughs> but when I saw that, I was like, oh, there's a miniature. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, so definitely. So I've got my mini while I'm saving up for my maxi. And then I, so definitely in that way, I've got the mini in my kitchen, like having it as as my um, vision board. Yes. <laughs> like I've got a live vision board. And then I can actually like save up and get the bigger one one day for my oh, kitchen as so well. <laughs> cool. So I want to like sort of understand, you came from what started out as a, a blog and sharing knowledge and whatever to becoming an influencer um, you've definitely grown your lovely page so well. And I think you are very influential in the types of things that you do. Um, and you obviously continue to do that, but you've opened up the store as a small business owner as well. How do those two roles relate? Because you're coming from a background of 
understanding the influencer side of things and and how you can sort of market to people and and influence people on the brands that you work with. And now you are a brand on the other side of the coin. How does that feel? So I must say it's quite different. So I previously did have a wedding store that I did. And I think, so the target markets are completely different, I think, for what I'm doing now and the wedding industry that I used to be in before. So with this one, initially, I was so scared, like starting something new because it was a complete new turf for me. I knew that I could probably like share it a little bit from the lovely platform, but I also felt that I didn't want to like bombard people with this new thing because I think even though a lot of people follow me on lovely, not all of them might necessarily be interested in dollhouses. So I wanted to keep it separate. That's why I created two separate websites for the two of them. And it is quite different for me because initially I like also had to start planning my marketing, how I was going to get the word out there. And even though I was sharing it through Lovely, there were still other things I needed to do beforehand. So the main thing for me is I thought about what, how, or from which companies do I buy normally? And it's the ones that has beautiful packaging that's got a beautiful web presence Mm -hmm. and I think photos do sell I mean I could take a photo on my cell phone in the dark and try and sell exactly the same item then I get a professional photographer to take um, in the setting and it's the same item but I think the one with the professional photographer one I would rather buy because it just looks so nice and what I've done what I've seen with the tinies especially because they're all so small my phone cannot actually like zoom in to get the details so it was something I really invested in I wanted a nice brand so I got a very nice logo design I worked on my website yes I did it myself but I think you need to focus on the things that you are good at. If you're good at logo design, then do your own logo design. You don't necessarily have to outsource everything, but I think there's important components. You need to have a nice brand identity, nice photos for sure, an easy to navigate website, and it's something that you need to build on the whole time. Mm. And then obviously word of mouth gets out of out there by influencers, by the different channels, your your Instagram, all the different things. So I think what I've learned is that the influences are part of the whole bigger picture of what you're busy doing. Yeah, absolutely. Like you've touched on so many valid points there. And I actually wrote um, a blog and did a mailer, I think at the beginning of the year about how quality content builds trust. So exactly that. And I think I use an image of, of pink cupcakes and one was, you know, taken from a cell phone and the cupcakes were in a Tupperware dish on a kitchen counter. And like they're beautiful cupcakes, but they just look like someone's mom made them. And then the same cupcakes on a beautiful platter, photo taken professionally, that's got like this close-up shot of the sprinkles on the icing. It looks so much more appealing. So you get the sense of trust, of professionalism. And the other big thing is that your content becomes shareable. And that's exactly what you want. You want someone to look at it and go, oh, I love how this looks. I need to show all my friends. I want to add it to my story. I want to print it and put it on my vision board or whatever it is. You know, exactly that. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. So for me, I wanted that feeling. Like if you look at the photos, you need to be there. You need to feel what I feel 
when I actually see my tinies. So, yeah, that's the whole reason that I got someone in to actually make this magic happen. And I think everyone plays like such a part in different things. And I do understand that when you start a business, you might not always have the budget to do everything. So I did little pieces by little pieces um, just to get it together. And I like researched and I like found people and I spoke to them. But I think all in all, that really helped my business to grow. And I was so scared. The first three months, I barely had any sales. And I thought, oh, maybe I'm the only tiny lover in the whole world. <laughs> and um, someone that really like played a big part in my business was Lucy from Native Decor who also, um, so he helped me design the dollhouses and he also manufactures them for me. And he was the one that just motivated me to keep going. So I think surrounding yourself with other people in the business, um, in, for instance, if you're going into retail, surrounding yourself with a retail person that actually knows a little bit more than what you're doing is so valuable because when it gets difficult, there's someone to actually like pick you up and like motivate you to continue. And the same with being an influencer. There's sometimes that like months go by and it's so quiet and it just helps having someone like in the same space to just keep you motivated. Definitely. And you obviously motivate them in turn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, I totally relate to that. Um, so what would you say was your process before you launched? Like how long did it take you to finally hit that green button? And what did you do before then? Because I know you're saying you did a lot of research and planning and logo design and all of that. But what was the period between the idea and actually going live with your with your brand? So it was almost two years um, from when I saw the actual photo to actually launching the, the actual business. I initially thought I'd find people in South Africa to make it or I'd import something. And then I just realized that I wanted to make things myself and I wanted to to be mostly South African products and like maybe people that make big items that could make small items for me of the same things. So I just researched and I looked around and one of the people um, that I really liked her, her things is Turkey Dimple, who obviously makes the little tiny food and yes. things. And I've tried to do it many times. She absolutely has talent. Like none of my things look like they're supposed to look and I would probably have zero sales if, <laughs> if I tried to make it. Um, so beforehand, I like, we, we obviously the biggest thing I wanted was to sell a doll's house. So if you want to sell a doll's house, you actually need to have a doll's house to sell. Um, and I decided I wanted something flat pack just because flat pack is so much more appealing to me. I love that little bit of DIY and I wanted it to be a DIY thing for you to not necessarily buy the whole house completed with everything. I want you, to, like for me, it's a journey. Like I see something now, I see a toothpaste cap and I think, oh my goodness, it can be turned into a lampshade or I pick something up and like it changes your whole vision like when you start with a dollhouse because nothing is just a toothpaste cap nothing is just a deodorant something you can always turn it into something magical which I think is a nice thing so I started with the dollhouse design and concept and I had to get someone involved to actually so I did this drawing on paper of what I wanted but I couldn't actually like translate it into however it needed to be manufactured so I had to get someone to do that. I had to get my logo designed beforehand. And then we were busy working with the prototypes. And then we went the whole Corona lockdowns, Ugh. the first lockdown started. So we couldn't actually start 
with the business because we couldn't get the prototypes to me. So that took a few months. And then after we had the prototype, we could make the changes and so on. So I think even initially, even the website was almost ready to go, but I had to refine all those prototype things. So it's been just over a year now, but as I would say it was two years of like planning before I could actually get it going. That's awesome. Because your story, often what happens with, with people who have like a business idea is it takes them two years to start up but they spend two years procrastinating and doubting and saying, what if it doesn't work? Uh, uh, maybe I should hold off or maybe I should wait until whatever their excuse is. Um, and it sounds like you really utilized that time and you you kept going with one thing after the next, after the next, because you had an end goal in mind. And I don't think you ever doubted yourself. I don't know. Maybe did you? Oh, I doubt did like after you launched after two years and you've got zero sales and <laughs> that was quite, a, quite a problem you've already had like a cash layout of mm. sorts um so I started like really worrying like in the third month I was like oh my goodness this is never gonna happen and maybe I'm literally the only one liking tiny dollhouses and then after you get your first sale it is just it's such an overwhelming experience. You're like, oh my goodness, someone really likes what I'm liking and someone thinks what I'm doing is actually like really cool. Um, so I think that just kept, and then the sales just started coming in, which was just amazing. And yeah, so and it, it's, a, it's a constant process. I mean, now you have something, but you also want to keep it fresh and new. Like if art mirrors are in fashion, that's what I want in the dollhouse because yes. that's what I think other people would want in the dollhouse. So it's a constant process of like adding new things and like working out what's on trend, what's not on trend, things like that. It's yeah. so exciting. I love watching it because you see all these things exactly like you say, it's so on trend. I sometimes see your page and I'm like, ooh, that rug though. I, like, I think I need that in my living room. You know, it's amazing. Yeah, Yo, Corey, I, I really wish you all the best. Um, I have no doubt that you will continue to grow this business and lovely because you're just so passionate about what you do and it's evident in your work. That's why you have the success that you have. And I just must commend you for that. I'm a huge fan of yours. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time sharing my little journey with you. <laughs> oh, it's magical. And I'll post all the links in the comments and everything else. And I'm sure we'll have a chat down the line as well. Fabulous. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Corey, have a good one. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.